Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dr. Dan. Oh. Tell, that, tell us what that means, Dan. That's right, Luke. Uh, Dr. I, Dan, I, I Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I successfully defended my uh, PhD dissertation in chemistry. Beep, 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 yeah, we'll put some sound effects in later uh, for yeah, this, of yeah. course, of course. Uh, and then proceeded to immediately move down to Birmingham, Alabama, which is where I'm now living, which is why there might mm-hmm. be some echo in this recording, because the room I'm recording in is basically empty. Uh, right. Dan's home studio has, has changed. It has changed, so I'm sure Dr. it'll Dan's get... Home yeah, come on, Luke. <laughs> I worked hard it's for that. It's an adjustment period. Yeah, I know. I know. It's fine. Uh, but I don't want to talk about that. What I do want to talk about to warm up, Luke, is something that that happened to me that I'm I'm frankly heated about uh, while we were moving. Okay. Okay. So we're looking for furniture to put in the new place, right? Mm-hmm. We go to this furniture store, and we're looking at couches, and you know, uh, most couches are way too expensive for anything right. that I'm going to buy. And we realized... Is this, that, is this a new furniture or so like used? So we realized after we had already gone into the store that it was not used furniture. It was new. And so we were definitely sure. not going to buy any of it. But you can't just like walk in and immediately turn around. So we did the thing where you like kind of pretend you're looking at stuff. And then you feel bad mm-hmm. when the buddy comes over and is like, can I show you anything? And you're like, oh, we're just browsing. But you're really not browsing. You're really like waiting right. to, to leave regardless. Okay, so we go in this store. We're looking for a couch, right? So I'm just kind of looking at them. Uh, and I see one that is kind of neat that I think, oh, this would be a cool couch to get, mm-hmm. but I don't say anything yet. Cause I don't want to say that with the buddy right there and be like, oh, let me tell you the features. Cause we're not going to buy this couch. All right. <laughs> we get out the store and my significant other and my mom, who is also helping us move are like, were there any couches in there that you guys liked? And Luke, I'm going to send you a picture of the couch Ooh. that I like. Ooh, we finally get to do one of these on the show. I'm going to send you a picture. Luke, will, somebody will tweet out this picture as well so you can play along at home. Uh, I'm going to send you a picture of the couch that I thought was cool. No. And, and hold on, Luke, because what I said was I liked the purple velvet couch. And my significant <laughs> other and my mom laughed like I was telling a joke. And I was like, I'm not kidding. I think that couch is dope. Okay. And Luke, you did the same thing. This couch, have you? Okay, Luke. I think I think these couches get a bad rap. I think velvet, specifically purple velvet, gets a bad rap. It's it's just like luxurious. It's like the definition First of, all, of luxury. For, okay, you're saying this gets a bad rap. I have never in my life heard someone express an opinion on on purple velvet couches. Okay. I don't think. Well, as soon as I did, everybody was like, haha, that's got to be a joke. So, <laughs> okay. I, I think that that proves my point. Okay. So, tell me. So, first of all, I love that you found this online um, <laughs> afterwards. It, 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 I will say it's basically that couch. It's not exactly that couch, but it looked very okay. similar. Okay. So, tell me what you like about this couch. I like a lot of things about this couch. Okay. First off, it's different. Okay? It is everybody, different. Everybody has like a brown, soggy couch in their house that mm-hmm. has like armrests that are like beanbag chairs that are just like, it's, I'm, it's sure it's super comfortable, but everybody has that couch, right? Okay. They, 
purple velvet couch, that's a conversation starter for it, sure. It seems like it would be hot. It's definitely a conversation starter. It's a conversation starter. And I think it just looks cool. It's just unique looking, right? Really? You can do a lot with it, right? Yeah. So Here's first the thing, off, the look I, I, is good. Okay. I I think that you're going to start realizing this, which is something that, that my partner and I did when we had real jobs and weren't in grad school and could afford things. Um, we... <laughs> When you're starting to do, like, like how your place looks and mm-hmm. you can afford to choose things, mm-hmm. it starts to get real chaotic. Especially because my taste, I feel like your my original taste was, like, the classic, like, super dumb, like, muted gray and blue. Okay. Like, the classic man cool. taste. Yeah. Right. And then after, like, a very short amount of time, I was like, okay, that was really boring and then I like very much overcorrected. You feel like I'm overcorrecting with this purple velvet couch right now? Is that what you're saying, I, Luke? No, no, no. I'm not saying you're overcorrecting. I'm just saying you're now going to get into the thing of where you're just trying to make your house interesting and it's going to be chaotic. I think that's fair. And I think my first foray in that is this purple velvet couch looks awesome. You know what? I'm convinced. Um, I do want you to get it. I worry about the practice. I I don't know if I would want to sit. I wouldn't want to be in the room with that couch. I wouldn't want that to be my only couch, though. Okay, here's the thing. We actually have another couch. So the purple velvet couch would be our second couch in the room. Okay. Okay. Does that change your mind? Now you're talking my language. Okay. It does. Right? Also, I just love the feel of velvet. I think velvet just feels luxurious. I'm all about it. I don't really like leather couches. I think that's just like well, not no. a good look. I don't know why we did leather. But like the velvet couch, I just loved it. I sat on that thing and I was like, this is so great. Why did <laughs> obviously this one, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, do you Luke? It, it sounds like you love you love the idea of it, but I actually love this couch, Luke. Again, I it's a very interesting couch. It's a great couch, Luke. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great couch. I agree. Um, I'm excited to see it in person since I'm assuming you bought it. Uh, we did not buy the couch. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not yet. Sure. Um, it sounds good. It sounds like a good experience for you guys. Is that the was it was you just doing that to get my reaction on the couch? Mostly, yeah. We're also still looking for a couch, so if anyone in the Birmingham area has a, a couch, pre- preferably purple velvet, um, just get on the Discord and let me know. Yeah, yeah. I think most of our listeners are from Birmingham. Yeah, um, and actually, more important is the purple velvet. So if you are from Birmingham but don't have a purple velvet couch, please don't message me on the discord thanks <laughs> all right um let's let's get into it I, f- I think we forgot to mention what book we're reading <laughs> we're reading uh sort of shannara because it is the summer of swords mm-hmm. um dan a little bit selfish of you to uh to make us miss last week for irrelevant personal reasons apologies um so we are two-thirds of the way through that's up to chapter 25. Mm-hmm. 
And um, you said that you wanted to give us another summary. Yeah, this book is pretty long. This book's pretty long, so I feel like just summarizing what's happened so far could be useful. Um, So (laughs) first, obviously, we get our little guys waking up from a near-death experience in a white gown at the hands of some, like, magical healers, right? Which is, Mm -hmm. you know, we left them at this near-death. Uh-oh, what was going to happen? Um And after that, they proceed to head into, like, this scary cave that almost nobody wants to go through. Um, That's, like, a shortcut, essentially, to where they're trying to Mm. go. Um, Also, we should mention that the cave is, like, kept by the dead, you could say. There's just Mm. a bunch of ghosties Mm -hmm. in there that are from ancient times that are making sure no one gets out alive. Um, That's kind of more of a mixed thing. You know, there's two things to this scary cave, one of them being the ghosts. Um, Some other things that happen that I think are pretty key is our magic, our big tall magic boy falls through fire and is seemingly dead as he's battling this like ancient evil spirit. Uh, But he does. That happens a little bit bit later. You missed... That as they were exiting the shortcut uh, cave, um, there was a very large um, monster type being that they had to get around. Yes, yes. Which you could argue kind of caused one of their party to fall and no longer be with them. Yeah. Uh, You're right, you're right. We should mention that there's a big scary monster at the end of the cave as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, But then, yeah, after that, our druid falls through fire and is seemingly dead but returns um also there's a point where like the you know the key veil folk who are like essential to all this plan they leave from our fellowship i guess you could call it so there's like a split in the fellowship Mm -hmm. that happens um and then oh yeah yeah so on the way to finding the sword this like key item uh our little essential veil folk guy uh encounters and then ties up like a scrawny little guy who's gonna guide them to this like essential thing that they're trying to achieve this like scrawny little gross boy who they tie Mm -hmm. up and is just constantly screaming when he's tied up like hates being tied up just can't stand it uh, but they get that, so they get that boy, um, and then some stuff happens, and, um, oh, right now, where we are in the story, where we end, is this, like, impregnable fortress is about to be assaulted by a huge force that's, like, suddenly appeared, um, and it's, like, guarded by a huge wall that, like, literally no enemy force has ever breached, um, and so that's that's just like kind of where we are right now in the story. Yeah. I did I miss did I miss any key details here, Luke? Um, I don't know. It sounds it's a pretty good summary to me. Um there's another kind of like ranger type guy that picks up um one of our small folk and starts to help help him. Um Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's also key. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think that's a pretty good summary. Yeah, it seems like it seems like that's about it. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's where we're at in sort of sort of Shannara. Sort sort of Shannara is the name of this book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> can I get us started with something that happens kind of early on here? Yeah. Before we go into Scary Cave. Ooh, before that. Okay. So before we go into Scary Cave, uh, the our druid talks mm-hmm. to a ghost of a, a long dead druid, and the long dead druid. It does a prophecy. He gives him a prophecy where he's like, hey, one of you isn't going to make it through the like dragon teeth, but that person is going to be the first to touch the sword. First off, first off, how is anyone doubting this? Because there is a lot of doubt about this prophecy later on when it turns out that Shea falls off the cliff and they're like, is he dead? And Alanar is, or Alanon is like, oh no, the prophecy, like he's fine. Do you guys remember the prophecy? He's going to be just fine. And they're like, yeah, but I don't know. Like, can we really trust that prophecy? It's like, that was a ghost of a long dead druid who gave you that prophecy. Why are we now suddenly being like, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Because like, okay, okay. So they're, they're hearing the prophecy from Alanon. Mm hmm. Um, but to be fair, they did see the ghost <laughs> yes. boy go tell him. Correct. Yeah. And and like one of the conditions was met for the prophecy. They're debating it right. after Shea already falls off the cliff. And it's like, okay, well, one of us didn't make it. Right. Yeah, yeah. If anything, it's like, oh, nice. Right. <laughs> Shea's going to get the sword. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's like for, my first issue is like, why, how are we doubting this? prophecy from a magical ghost and my second thing is why are we taking this as prescriptive not prophetic why are mm. we saying okay great Shea, you're not gonna leave the dragon teeth with us we're gonna leave you behind because if we do that dunk you're gonna get the sword first that's perfect that's exactly Ooh. what we want okay like make the prophecy how you want it to be like the prophecy is general the prophecy is like one of you isn't gonna make it. it's like okay well great the one who shouldn't make it is Shea. Like, that's it. <laughs> this is an interesting approach to dealing with prophecies. Um, I like it. I mean, okay, but 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 moving, like, it happens that way anyway, right? Correct. Shay knows the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And this is what frustrates me. Mm. If he had recalled the prophecy, he'd be like, I'm the dude that's going to see the sword first and touch it first, oh right? yeah dude yeah for sure come on every sword <laughs> literally like, every let sword see, let me see come on take it out of the sheath let me see it he's like he encounters a bag full of swords and he doesn't even think like maybe one of these could be the one <laughs> that uh, that's a little bit later so i don't yeah. know if we should we should i mean it, it is something it is something that i i feel like we need to dunk on shay for because like come on the prophecy literally all came true and you're Honestly, like oh. i have a note on this that's like how did they how did he not realize that the gnome has the sword and i had even forgotten about the prophecy there's like so many hints when the gnome is like cracking up as they're talking about yeah. this freaking sword, you're like, okay, why is the gnome laughing? What are the possible reasons why this gnome is right. laughing? Also, why did that big ancient evil boy <laughs> seem so confident that the sword was like right here? Do a little deduction, please. <laughs> like just a little bit. Just like, I don't know. 
Think about it for like especially, a few minutes. Especially when they don't know what the sword looks like. They, they don't, there's no picture. It's not like the druid was like, here's the sword we're looking for, everybody. Make sure you, you get this one. This is the specific sword. Like, Which, I, kind of mistake on his part. Yeah, huge say. mistake for sure on the druid's part. But also like... Every sword could be that sword. Why are you suddenly like, ah, this sword looks like it's from the dollar store. There's no way this is the sword of Shannara. You don't know. You have no idea. Right. (sighs) And also just how, like, committed this freaking gnome was to, to, like, bringing the bag with you. Like, obviously it's got something valuable in it. Why are we not investigating this? He loses it every time. Right, like, absolutely loses it. Okay, this... Sorry for staying on this. We need to. But they're like, nothing in here is of value. They, they, they tabulate the contents and it's like garbage, 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 a sword that doesn't look super cool. Garbage, garbage, garbage. <laughs> the, the gnome's like, I totally know where the sword is. If you keep me alive. Um... Also, don't leave that bag behind. <laughs> that bag with all the swords? Do not leave it behind. Please. Oh my gosh. Come on. It's also, so... Also, like, like, I don't even think that Shay has a sword. I think that Shay has like has a little a hunting knife. Yeah, yeah. I feel like every time I'm seeing a sword, I'm like, sweet, let me see if this fits my belt. Um... <laughs> Because I need one. Right. We need to. And then you could you could put maybe it's old and elven and it glows when gnomes come by. Like, I feel like you need to upgrade your weaponry. Right. You can't be walking around with a hunting dagger. You're going to war. Okay. In my experience um, with video games, every time I see a weapon that I could be using, I'm checking the stats. 100%. Trying to replace my current one. Is this one better? Uh, Yeah. This is the sword of Shannara, clearly. But even if it's not, even if it's not, it's got, it's got it's not, attack. Swords got way more reach than dagger. Right, like fight for dagger versus sword. Pretty much every time, sword's gonna do better. At least mm-hmm. bring it. You can drop it by the side of the road if it turns out ah, I'm actually more of a dagger guy. Right, bring it. It's yours. Take it. The other okay. This whole, we, I, we, uh, we really need to go off on this interaction with this fucking gnome, though, because... Okay, let's stay here. Because Shay also, at a certain point, his buddy, this thief who he encounters, is like, okay, spill it. Why are you here? What's going on? Shay lays out the whole deal to this guy. The gnome is sitting right there. Yeah, yeah. You walk 20 feet away from the gnome and then tell your super secret story about how you are the only person in existence who can defeat the warlock king or whatever. Don't do it with the gnome sitting right there. Right. Like, I get it. It, it, it provides a funny moment where the gnome is cackling because he's got the sword and like they're not going to find it and he, 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 ha, ha, ha. But also... If he gets free, you essentially you're committing to murdering the gnome because you're yeah, not letting yeah. the gnome go free at that point to go tell the warlock king like, "Hey, I found the I found the guy." Um also with this, I feel like this is the only time that they have spent the night and not set a watch. 
<laughs> what the fuck? Every what? other night. Every other, they're like, okay, we're like two days out from our home. It's probably fine. But let's set a watch because uh-huh. we're being careful. And then they're like, all right, here's the freaking gnome that I told everything to. We have a prisoner. We have a prisoner who will take us to the sword. All right. I'm sure it'll be fine. We tied him up real good. Real good. Real good. They're in hostile territory. Yeah. It's the worst. It's the, like, if you were to choose the night that you would set the watch, you're like, okay, you get to set a watch one night out of all the nights on your adventure. This is the one. It's this one. Were they? Hold on, Luke. Hold on. Luke. Oh, I've solved it. I've solved it. All right, Luke. Clearly there's some weird things going on with this gnome. What? Mm -hmm. We've seen a character create illusions before that really trick the mind of some of the people in in our party. And the character that I'm thinking of, Luke, the Warlock King. Okay. Who who better to transport the Sword of Shannara back to the throne, the Warlock, the Skull Throne, than the Warlock King himself? Okay. Okay. So it, your theory is that this gnome is the Warlock is King. Is the gnome? Or, or now, we know that the Warlock King is incorporeal, yada, yada, yada. Granted, okay, actually... It's been told to us that the Warlock King is incorporeal. I don't know. Maybe that's just a clever magic trick. You know, maybe it, he like does an illusion that makes it look like he's a floaty ghost thing. But in fact, mm-hmm. it's just a gnome that's casting a spell in a corner. Sure, sure. And by a gnome, I mean this gnome who we have just met. And has, has like unexplainably goofed up this whole thing. For these people. Like, it it defies reason for how, <laughs> how bad this interaction is with this gnome. They have to be magical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're they're casting confundus charms on all of on all of the characters in this scene. Right. They're like casting sleep on everybody. Yeah, that too. And it's yeah. just like that's why that's why the gnome is able to chew his way out. Because nobody's on watch. I think, yeah, no, I agree. I, I have, I think that that's probably it. He's got to be the Warlock King, for sure. He's or maybe he's a lost king. druid somewhere. Ooh. There he's, could be, there's, yeah, why? There can't be only two left. Gnome's got to have some powers, man. This gnome has got to be powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's something up with this gnome. Um, can we go, <laughs> we skipped ahead. We skipped a lot of Let's go back. Yeah. Um, I have some notes on the um, scary cave shortcut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're going in and um, Al-Anon is like, okay, I'm the only one that's been in here in centuries. Um, There's some scary stuff that you can't see. (laughs) So you got to put a, you got to put a blindfold on. Uh Uh-huh. I don't want it'll, you'll die immediately. Yeah, you'll turn you to stone and if you don't a, put a blindfold. Yeah. On. Yeah. This is just like his super sketchy like bedroom, right? <laughs> it's a big mess. You're saying it's super messy? Like like first of all, I guess 
why why are we putting all of these dangerous things in here to begin with? But more importantly, when he tells me these things, and he has already throughout this whole book been like kind of weird about stuff, mm-hmm. not telling the whole story, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, don't look at like half of the stuff that we're about to go through, and then don't listen uh, to the rest of it. You don't you know, trust me. I'm sketched out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will say they already like implicitly trust this guy apparently because he just has sure. the like passion and determination in his eyes. Like literally every time we see this druid they're like, "Wow, he's so determined. Look in his eyes. He'll do anything to right. achieve this goal." It's like, "Yeah, but that's not enough for you to be like, "Oh, I'll follow him to the ends of the earth." Yeah. Uh and so the I don't know, like if there's a, there's like if there's this guy that I like am kind of trusting but I don't really have any concrete reason to trust him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, go through this super sketchy place that I'm the only one that's ever been and don't look or listen to anything. I'm a little worried. Yeah, but Luke, they feel the mental pull of these things to get them to look at them. Mm. They feel that's the true. pull. It's like, hey, check out this. You want to look? <laughs> Yeah. So we're feeling the mental part where they're like, hey, it's really cool. Oh, you're missing this really cool thing. Check it out. That's very true. Imagine how much stronger FOMO was before cell phones and stuff, Luke. Ooh. Hey, you're going through this cave that literally no one else has been in but the wizard. Think how cool the story would be. Oh, you won't be able to tell anyone about it if you can't see it, though. Imagine how boring this story is going to be when you tell it back later and you're like, yeah, we walked through and we were blindfolded and we couldn't listen to anything, and we, but we made it through. There was a monster at the end, but everything else yeah, was dark. Yeah, that story's bad. That's not a good story. You have to have a climactic buildup to the monster at the end. You can't just be like, we didn't get to look at anything and we didn't get to hear anything and then we fought a monster. <laughs> That's a bad story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't love it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very sketchy. I'm I'm excited for the turn where we finally find out what Alanon has been hiding from everybody. Mm-hmm. And that it is just like that this this cave is where he hides all his dead bodies. You right. know? Yeah. This cave is like he is the reason that it's haunted is because he just keeps putting this relates to our theory from last episode where uh, he's constantly finding a new party of adventurers to do this quest and this is where he's putting all of their bodies right the first part is where they where all their bodies go and then the second part is like his torture victims that are screaming (laughs) exactly yeah he's like don't listen it's gotta be what it is uh it's yeah it's tough i Mm. I do think that this provides an incredible opportunity for our favorite character, Menion, to shine, though, in this scary cave. And the moment that he shines, like, consistently throughout this book, Menion is, of course, the greatest character. Like, I I just think unquestionably, this is the coolest coolest buddy. Uh, Menion is going through and he's like, ooh, some coins some magic some gold i'd love to get some of that and alanon is like 
uh, don't touch that. It's got poison that will kill any living creature that touches it. So you can't take it. And Menion's like, dang it. Wait a minute. You said we're going to go fight a monster, right? Let me just get some of that poison on my arrows. Nice. This is going to be so good. We're going to kill the monster easy. This this guy's a genius, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously, this... you do that, of course. But like in a book, nobody thinks to do that. Manion's right. over here like breaking the fourth wall almost by being like, oh, yeah, we're going to take some of the poison and use it on the monster in the next chamber, of course. It's a quick it's a quick deduction. And it's just it's perfect. It's like, thank you, Manion. Yeah. Yeah. We need to we need to just do whatever Minion thinks, honestly. I don't care that he's got a quick temper. It hasn't even gotten him into trouble at once. Like, it seems like he's quick tempered, but it's like with purpose. You know? Right. He he does it and okay, the other moment, which while we're talking about Manion, I do want to jump a little bit ahead here to okay. near the end of this section. Manion's in like the council chambers with these people. And he's like, you guys got to evacuate the city because, you know, it's going to get destroyed. And they're like, rub, 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 rub. I don't know if we could do that. Rub, 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 rub. And Minion gets all pissed and he's like, you have to do it or you're all going to die. And they're like, okay, how are we going to do it? It's too far to walk. We can't walk that far. And Minion gets like a glint in his eye, which maybe speaks to how stupid all these council yeah, people yeah, are. That's what this is. Uh <laughs> That they live in this place and they don't understand how to, like, <laughs> evacuate the city. And Menion's like, oh, just put them all on boats and then send them down the river. This And, and they're like, so, how okay, did we so, never think about this? <laughs> Menion, you genius. So, so Menion comes up with a cool plan to, like, attack, which is, like, super counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so everyone gets hyped. Yeah. When they, t- <laughs> when he said to put them on boats, I was like gobsmacked <laughs> that they had not considered it beforehand. Correct. What do you like? They're like, okay, we've got this river that flows pretty quick, uh, directly towards where we want to go. Um, it's going to be tough to cross and walk along. We've got to walk 50 miles to the place we're trying to go. I don't know if we're going to make it. The river does go within 10 miles of the place we're trying to go, and it moves very quickly. Also, we have all these boats that we use because we're an island. But, oh, man, Uh, this is a pickle we're in. I don't know how we're going to solve this one. You're an island. (laughs) Your whole thing is boats. (laughs) Right yeah here's okay here's here's a solution luke here's what here's what's happened the king of mm-hmm. kern the city is like hey we need to have a council because the people won't accept my rule if it's just me saying what to do so i'm mm-hmm. gonna find the 20 dumbest people on this island sure. and they're gonna be on my council and i can i'll then be able to do whatever i want but it'll look like I'm consulting with these like important people on the island. When in reality, these people couldn't even figure out how to take a boat down a river to go where they need to go. You know what I mean? Right. This is a conspiracy yeah. by the king to keep like absolute power. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it's a, 
it's it seems to have not worked out because now he's just as dumb as them correct Um, yeah but or 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 like on the flip side maybe he's started off as the stupid one and picked on the people that he thought was smart (laughs) actually i think this is much more likely what happened yeah yeah because it's tough it's it's rough this council is so stupid (laughs) they're so dumb the good thing the one good thing i'll say about them is this is one of the rare like councils that hears good news and believes it yes usually in these types of situations it's like nine out of ten are like oh that's not true and then one guy is is fighting an uphill battle against them this time at least they realize there's a problem yeah and so point one and to be fair these are dumb these are dumb idiots who can recognize a good idea because as soon as Menyon says it they're like oh yeah let's do it <laughs> they're hype they're like losing their I, minds i agree i w- i wonder though how much of this was um was the way that Minion says it i feel like mm. he could have done some terrible idea but he could have been hyped when he said it <laughs> and they would have also accepted that probably yeah probably given the track um, record of this council yeah they go a lot on vibes it seems like not a lot else it's, going which on is, vibes are important sometimes you know yeah they can be but but not so much when you're trying to do the logistics of evacuating 40,000 people from a city you can't run that on vibes right. unfortunately sure yeah that's fair a uh, very quick note um Interesting when we were in the cave to notice that um, our dwarf, who is back, by the mm-hmm. way, if you don't see the body, they're still alive. I mean, surprising no um, one, right? Can we say surprising no one here? Correct. Yes. Okay. Everyone knew that he was alive. Um, <laughs> kind of interesting that he is super uncomfy with the like underground cave. Yeah, that was super weird to me. And all the dwarves like live up in the like open sky. I thought a, I thought, a little flipperoo. I thought the dwarves did live underground. I think that they did, like historically, mm-hmm. and like more recently, gener- more recent generations have lived in the. I see. Okay. Eastern whatever forests or whatever. They okay. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess then that makes sense. But I remember reading that and being like, "Why isn't the dwarf hyped about this?" Right. Yeah. They're going to be treated to like a royal welcome, I imagine, of some sort in this cave. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting switcheroo here. Um, can we also talk about the fact that they leave by the dragon's crease and really like it's it's just the dragon's butt crack. Mm. Like that's mm-hmm. what it is. They just called it dragon's crease to be like more cool on a map. But like what you sure. mean when you say that is butt crack dragon's butt crack is the way that you leave the secret cave the secret right yeah Yeah. so like let's just own it guys like you you slid out the secret cave into the dragon's butt crack where shea fell so i mean you got to make it sound like this is why i think that there's nothing going on in here because it's like okay you can't look or see anything (laughs) and we're given names official names when they should just be things like dragon's butt crack okay we're dressing we're dressing it up yeah we're putting like a lot of hats on hats we're trying to we're trying to polish a turd 
so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I have another gripe with the party and something that they did. Okay. And this is going to take us back a little bit. So we, we were at this magic gnome hospital and it's like, mm-hmm. they have this special salve that you put it on a wound 12 hours later, totally good to go. Right. Um, I don't know how salves work in this universe, but like in our world, which if if we're understanding the lore of this universe that we're reading about correctly is our world just in the future. Mm-hmm. I want to get a little to-go bag with some of that salve in it, please. Hi, yes, I'd like to purchase some of this for my future travels where we will definitely be getting attacked with swords and I will need to heal quickly. I'd love some of that salve, please. I I want to hear the economics of this salve. Mm-hmm. Because like the value of this stuff very high massive and i haven't no one's heard of it outside of these freaking gnomes <laughs> correct yeah what what do we i mean perhaps on. it's a trade secret but also if you're if your goal is to help people what are you doing right, right. release the patent for this stuff please or just like distribute it better that would work too they're, they're, they're currently like, no, you have to come you have to come here. Also, no one knows that we exist. Anyone that stumbles upon us by accident can use it, but that's it. Yeah. Come yeah, on. but we are committed to helping anybody that comes to us. It's selfish. It's really selfish is what it is. I think what they need, I think this is kind of like a, a, a universe, research university situation. Mm. And they just don't have the um, the technology transfer platform that you need. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't have like industry partners to actually take their discoveries and turn them into products for people. Right. They don't know. There's no startups. They don't know how to how to get it to market. Mm-hmm. None of their faculty is interested in like patenting anything or making any like any product from any of the discoveries. Yeah, this could be it. They're too dedicated to the science, some would say. Mm hmm. We got to start talking practicality. Mm -hmm. Scale up. It doesn't need to be perfect. It's just way better than the current thing, guys. Come on. 16 hours is fine. It doesn't have to be 12. I don't care if it makes me smell like mint. That's actually lovely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's got to be refrigerated. And they're just like, they're working on the refrigerator. The next thing to come out of these gnomes is like, we've made a box that is cold. And everyone's like, why would I want that? I have dry beef I can eat. And they're like, look what's inside the cold box. And inside are just like right. monster energy drinks. And they're like, look at it. <laughs> right. They end up inventing the refrigerator purely to carry around the cell. I think so. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, I think. Um, I, I have another... I don't know if this is a gripe with the with the group. I think mm-hmm. it might be more of an Alanon critique. Okay. Yeah. And this is after they get to the castle. Mm-hmm. The like Druid castle. The Druid castle that 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 has been the goal the whole time. I forget Ye- the name. Yeah. Paranor or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um. So they get into the little furnace room, 
or the big furnace room, I guess. And like one of the big skull bearer guys comes in. I don't know. I don't know how many of these exist, mm-hmm. but it seems like we've already lost because like one of them is a match for like a millennia old druid. Right. Like the most powerful person on the other side. Right. Right. It's like Alanon and this skull bearer are pretty evenly matched. And it's like, I, we've probably got like a bunch of these guys, I assume. <laughs> I mean, there's but a- that's not even the, that's not even really the main gripe. The main gripe here is that there are how many people in this group? Seven. Mm, I think around there. Most of this fight between Alanon and the, the buddy uh-huh. Or is like kind of hand to hand combat. I mean, there's a little bit of like laser eyes and stuff. Yeah, but like, you could use help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will say, at a certain point, the like, doesn't the passageway close off, and so it's just That's Flick standing after, there. Though. It's Flick. No, no, because no, for well, for a while, Flick is just standing there staring, right? Yes. And everybody else has already gone up the stairs at that point. So okay, so what happens is they they're they're met by this evil boy and he mm-hmm. he they talk for a second and then as they're about to start fighting, um Alanon tells everyone to run up the stairs. Yes. To like get on with the quest. Yes. Flick sticks around as they're fighting, like at some point the evil guy sees Flick and takes a shot at him uh-huh. and like hits a weight weight-bearing pillar or something like that, and that comes off and closes off. The... Yes, yes, that is what happens. Mm-hmm. But, like, why did you tell them to leave? Just be like, hey, can you guys, can the six of you help me? Let's coordinate our attacks. Let's coordinate our strikes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's the issue. Here's the issue, Luke. These things are not mortal, and we see this happen when our troll and our thief with the hook hand are fighting one of them, right? Because they're getting a lot of hits in and they're really beating its ass, but it doesn't really like do damage to the thing. Like the thing seems to always like regenerate and be coming back. And okay, so I agree with you. This fighting is largely hand to hand. I don't think Alanon is like winning the fight. Like I think he's doing a lot of hits, but I don't think he's like making progress. Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. And so I imagine it would just be like a like a much more drawn out process where this thing is like, okay, can you please stop stabbing me? Like, I do want to get up and throw you all into the furnace. No? All right. Well, I'll just wait until you're tired and then do it. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Um, I don't know. It's... I- you could like you could be right, and Alanon was just like kind of almost that. That almost seems like Alanon is ready to like sacrifice himself. It all it did seem like that. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to give Which, me vibes that Alanon is in league with these things a little bit because mm-hmm. he's ha- he. It's too. It feels too miraculous. His save here. His save here feels too miraculous. In like, oh yeah, I grabbed a handhold that was there, and I'm also protected from fire more than most things, and. Yeah, I just know this place like the back of my hand, so I I made it out. Okay. It feels like it gives him credibility, mm-hmm. but nobody actually saw him, like how he survived. Like maybe there's just a really powerful red light at the bottom of this thing, and it's all an elaborate ruse 
so that they believe him like he took out one of these skull bearers but in fact he's just like it was all part of the plan maybe alanon is the warlock king this okay this feels like a theory dan would have come up with in 2019 luke (laughs) this is this is 2019 dan this is not a 2022 dan theory um i i appreciate the theory i'm not willing to get on board with this theory this is okay but i think the to uh, further further clarification i think this is more of a uh, pre-doctor dan theory mm, yeah mm-hmm. this is a plebeian dan theory <laughs> this is a now layman dan is, this is a layman dan now that dan theory. is educated yes i'm uh, much more refined now and i acknowledge that i don't think so luke okay the pieces don't fit not quite i can see i can see everything now the tough thing, the tough thing about this type of theory is the way this book is written is very interesting and different because like you s- get all of the perspective, you get like perspectives from all of the characters. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of the books when there's like people that you might be like, I don't know if we should trust him. You don't get their perspective. But with Alanon, you it's like occasionally we'll be like, oh, okay. He's like, I'm getting his inner monologue and he's super nice or something. Ah, it's kind like, of. Oh, well. He's still admitting, like, ah, I can't tell them everything. Hmm. Right. But it seems like he's doing it for reasons that he actually thinks are good. Right, which are usually bad reasons, as we've seen so far. But he doesn't think right. that they're bad. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mm. Yeah, this fight, though. I don't know, guys. <laughs> um, but later, uh, they, they were able to get through through the castle the six or seven of them end up defeating every single gnome that's in the can the whole castle which is good yeah did um, you get the sense that so at a certain point they're walking through a tunnel and it's like glowing green and they're like what's happening i kept waiting for Alanon to be like oh have you all heard of a nuclear reaction <laughs> this tower used to be a nuclear power plant None of you wanted children, right? <laughs> I actually didn't catch this. That For felt like I, a, I skipped over the green glow. It felt like an Al-Anon reveal waiting to happen, where he like doesn't tell them some key piece of information until they're like in it. Right. Have you heard of yeah. radioactivity? <laughs> Let me tell you about gamma waves and beta particles. <laughs> they're pretty cool. Um. Yeah, that uh, that that heating element was down there, not fire. Have you all heard of Chernobyl? <laughs> There's this cool HBO show. Uh, don't worry about HBO. I'll explain it later. Oh man, we love it. Um, okay, are we are we ready to leave the tower? Let's get out of here. Um, do you want to? What's so? Okay, they split up a little bit later. Half of them go to war in the city mm-hmm. and then Alanon, flick and minion stay to look for shay yes and then very quickly they find like a big ass army <laughs> yeah and Alanon's like okay minion go tell the people that there's a big ass army uh-huh it's like what, what do you like you did just sent the others with this information yeah but luke, i mean i know luke, now the that army's like, like right there though have found the army and you're like oh it's yeah it's big like right there 
Luke. Yeah, I saw it. It's it's like this many people. But like when they find it, they're like, oh man, this is like a day away. Yeah. Where are my scouts <laughs> for these cities? Right. They know a big army is coming. You Presumably, right, they know a big army is coming. There are scouts they out They have about. fires all the time. It's like, okay, no, there's like 100,000 like, buddies. There's more than the fires. There's bonfires everywhere. There's more than the fires. They can feel the rhythm of the drums from like miles away. They're like walking up and Flick's like, what is that vibration that I feel in my body? And Aladon's like, oh yeah, that's their drums. They, they're just like going nuts over there. They're having a great sick, time. Sick beat though. <laughs> yeah, super sick beat. Uh, the cities are for sure experiencing this too. Right. They know, guys. They know you don't need to send many on to go be like, hey, they're right there. Well, they are led by pretty some dumb boys. Well, we learn that now, but like, <laughs> how is many on going to solve that problem? Come on. Right. It's like, I guess he does, but so far, at least. I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing, this this whole plan gives me such bad bad energy here this this had big alan on trying to get rid of many on vibes <laughs> no to me you know what this had to me this had big alan on trying to get rid of flick and many on vibes because the plan with flick was hey go in this thousands of gnome army and see if you can hear some information about the sword and uh right. shea with these people that you barely <laughs> speak the language they're speaking go try and get some key information there's, you have until sun there, up right there's there's the scene where they're where they're searching before they split up mm-hmm. where it's Alanon, minion and flick and they mm-hmm. come upon the little the little battle scene where where um our our other trio found the the gnome that's <laughs> magical yeah and minion's like okay there's some really weird tracks here um, there's a troll that was really knew what he was doing that maybe we could find something for, but I'm not sure. There's another track that leads away that is for sure not Shay. <laughs> and Alanon's like, sounds like we should follow that one. And Minion recognizes what? this. Minion's like, yeah, there's no way Shay is that way. So what are we doing? And Alan's, yeah. Alan's like, no, we're going this way. <laughs> Very suspicious. Oh, it's incredibly suspicious, Luke. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. Alanon is up to something no good. Alanon's Alanon's weird. I don't think he's a great leader. Um, but okay, I I have one note left. I I want to talk about writing style before you get to your last note. Okay. In one very specific way, I think Terry is the opposite of our good friend George, George R.R. Okay. And the specific way that I'm thinking of is with food. Terry is Mm. literally the opposite with George. There are two options for food in this universe. There is hot meal and there is dry beef. (laughs) Those are our two options for food here. We also learned that you eat hot meal with a fork because Menion had to put his fork down when he was talking okay. to someone. So, like, 
I'm it leaves it leaves you open to in like completely whatever you want it to be. So I'm envisioning spaghettios every time. Oh, it's got to be spaghetti. Well, literal spaghetti. You eat spaghettios with a spoon, I would say. Yeah, but this is lost knowledge, Luke. These are they've come upon crates and crates of canned spaghettios from a distant past, and they're like, "Ooh, how do we eat this fancy food?" And they're using forks because mm-hmm. then you can put the little okay. O's on the tongs of the forks. That's true. Yeah, it just makes sense that way. I agree. Um, and this is hot meal. This is every time we we encounter hot meal. It's got to be. I'm I'm saying it's always one thing. And in my head canon, that one thing is SpaghettiOs. I think that's a good guess. Um, I do like your idea of it being like a leftover from our current universe. Mm-hmm. Um, SpaghettiOs, I'm not sure though. I mean, it's a good choice. Don't get me wrong. I, I know it is. I chose it. I am a doctor, Luke. What you're missing out on, though, is the word hot here. Ooh. Because that had to come from somewhere. Oh, no. They're hot pockets, for <laughs> sure. Oh, no! Oh, call Jim Gaffigan. Call Jim Gaffigan. We're, we're doing a hot pockets bit. Um, I, I actually love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, who... What crazy person eats a hot pocket with a fork, Luke? What kind of insanity are we working with here? Ooh. I mean, Minion's got class. Okay. That's, we know this. That's true. We do know this. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like in a world where you don't have super easy access to hand washing, <laughs> I'm a little bit less likely to eat Hot Pockets with my hands. A little bit less likely. <laughs> right. But they could wash utensils. you're saying they can they wash the hot pocket fork but don't you dare put your hands in the dishwater Uh, right yeah all right that's not fun doesn't feel nice i mean i will say we do see the fork when menion is in the royal chambers like he's eating this Mm. at a royal's house so like it does make sense that if you're at if you're at buckingham palace you're not eating a hot pocket with your human hands you're eating a hot pocket with a fork that has been specifically designed by artisan craftsmen for eating hot pockets right for for one thing at at the palace um or i I don't know if they call it a palace i don't think so but they they cut your food for you everybody knows that of course everybody knows that yeah so the hot pockets are are, are cut up and you can't like just pick that up no no i mean unless they put a little like toothpick in it but it's not a party those aren't appetizers this is your meal so you're going to be using a fork right that's a different that's a different vibe right i mean it it happens for sure but not in this scenario that's at the council meeting (laughs) of course yeah it has to be has to be there um also we we kind of glossed over it real quick but we need to we need to have a woman alert there is a woman alert in the this last, is my last note. In the last actually. section, there, officially, we have a woman alert, folks. Very late for the first female character of the book to be introduced. Very late. Incredibly late, guys. <laughs> Terry. Terry, what are we doing? <laughs> I feel like the only other woman mentioned is uh, Shay's mom. 
I don't even remember that, honestly. <laughs> no, no, there's another. Um, I will say one of the young elves has been mentioned that he's going to marry a very beautiful woman. <laughs> That's true. We forgot about that. We forgot and the about one thing that. that we learn about her is how attractive she is. So that's good to know. Yeah. So now we have two beautiful women who are going potentially to be married to people. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, come on. This has got to be many on, right? <laughs> well, I mean, he it's a great introduction. <laughs> Legendary, some, some would say. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever wonder if at the end of this book it's going to be revealed that this whole thing was just that thief guy telling an extended story to somebody before he robbed them and it was all made up by this thief guy? Ooh, because it could be. it's starting to have the hallmarks of what Shay is complaining about with this thief guy where the stories are like way exaggerated and they don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe this And there's whole... like a bunch of short adventures after another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like they're trying to constantly impress somebody with it, but it's like, I don't know if it's always landing. <laughs> so at the end, it's just going to be like, oh yeah, that hook guy was just telling this whole story the whole time. Right. It could be. I'm leaning towards that now that you say it. I think that's a... You know what? That's going to be the first refined Dr. Dan theory. The, the first Dr. Dan theory. This is the okay. first with the Dr. Dan seal of approval. Is we, we need to start having... You're still allowed to make Dan theories, mm-hmm. but there's a clear difference between Dan theories and Dr. Dan theories. Yes, this one we have just laid out is officially a Dr. Dan theory. Seal of approval. Yeah. This is number one. Dr. Dan theory number one. This whole book is a story told by this weird thief guy. Sure. It's got to me that's got the vibe of a of a Dan theory, but I do I I, I appreciate Dr. Dan stepping out on the limb. Mm-hmm. You got it. You got I mean, you gotta put the name out there for something. Yeah, for sure. Oh boy, Luke. Well, uh we're gonna be finishing up next week. So we'll see what happens with this epic battle. Uh, mm-hmm. perhaps some explosions, maybe? Good. <laughs> maybe they blow up a small section of the wall? Maybe, maybe they breach. Little... <laughs> maybe they breach the wall at some point? Um, Could be. But uh, I'm hopeful that this battle is going to be one for the ages. Luke. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week to explode some hot takes. And be the dumb nerds. Oh,